Hello world, welcome back to my one person podcast, The Bible Abridged. Today's episode is brought to you by BigBadHangover.com. It's the cure for hangovers that you never knew existed, or maybe you did, because this is episode 45, and I've advertised it quite a few times. Either way, buy it. It's a miracle cure, and I couldn't be happier with it. Anyways, on to the show. Samuel 13. So now the book says that Saul was 30 years old when he became king, even though that's obviously not the case. In fact, there's even a footnote saying that Hebrew texts don't say that. Also, it says he ruled for 42 years, which also was a footnote saying that the Masoretic texts, or however you say that, don't say 40. So it was two years? Anyways, I guess it'll make sense as the story goes on. And here's another example of people writing these texts not speaking to each other. So when we left off, Saul had an army of 330,000 people, and now he had an army of 6,000 people. The Philistines decided that they were about to attack and assembled an army of 3,000 chariots, two men per chariot, and as many foot soldiers as sands on the seashore, which is 7.5 sextillion, as we covered before. So Saul apparently had sent home 324,000 troops and couldn't call them to return, apparently. So the remaining 6,000 troops did the heroic thing and went and hid in nearby caves and thickets and pits and cisterns. Saul set an animal on fire to make God happy, but apparently he did it wrong. Or maybe he did it twice or some other thing that pissed God off. But just then Samuel showed up and said, What have you done? You've just lost the war by pissing off God. Saul retreated with 600 men and went back to Gibeah. So if you're keeping track, Saul has lost 99.8% of his army since last episode. To give you an idea of how drastic that is, that'd be like New York City suddenly having a population of less than 20,000 people. So the Philistines conquered Israel and, wisely this time, wouldn't let them have any blacksmiths. If you needed anything metal sharpened, like plow blades or axes or sickles or whatever, you had to go and have a Philistine do it. So suddenly there was nobody with a usable weapon in Israel, except for Saul and his son Jonathan. Samuel 14. Well, one day Jonathan was chilling with his armor bearer and decided to go fuck with an occupying Philistine camp. Jonathan came up with the rock-solid plan that if the Philistine soldiers see them, say, Hey, we're coming to you to fuck you up. That meant that God wouldn't have their back in the fight. But if they said, Come here and we'll fuck you up. That meant God did have their backs. Well, the Philistine soldiers did the latter and Jonathan killed all 20 of them. This spread panic through the massive occupying army, as you might have guessed it would. And Saul used this opportunity to get a bunch of people to rise up and fight the Philistines, moving their front all the way to Beth-Avon, which means nothing to me, but I'm sure it's a pretty important uh, thing that happened. Well, then Saul swore an oath for some reason that nobody would eat any food that day. Everybody was super hungry, as I can only imagine fighting like that would make you. And Jonathan came across some honey and ate it. Well, day by day, Saul couldn't hear God talking to him, and eventually he got Jonathan to confess it was because he ate a little bit of honey. Jonathan started freaking out because he knew that every little thing you do against God, whether you know you're doing wrong or not, means you fucking die. But luckily, the people of Israel all rallied behind Jonathan, and God, or more likely the priests, decided not to kill him. And then Saul stopped the war with the Philistines, and everyone lived happily. Well, no, it just said that he fought them a lot more, as well as Moab, the Ammonites, Edom, and the other usual suspects. Then it goes into the children of Saul, and it seems like the story's at its end, but whammo, here comes Samuel 15. 
Well, Samuel came up and told Saul, Hey, just talk to God, in case you forgot. I'm the big God guy, and I'm also the one who anointed you king of Israel, so listen up. Saul was like, okay, weird that you decided to say all that, but what's going on? And Samuel said, God wants you to go and slaughter all the Amalekites, like all of them. Kill the women, children, babies, cattle, camels, donkeys. Just fucking wipe them off the face of the earth. So Saul just went and gathered an army of 200,000 people and set up an ambush in a nearby ravine. The kind of ravine that can house 200,000 people. You know the type. He then told the Kenites, Hey, you guys were cool when the Israelites were leaving Egypt. So why don't you leave so we don't accidentally kill all of you two? We uh, kill pretty recklessly. Once the Kenites left, Saul swept through and murdered just about everybody and everything. But he kept the king, whose name was Agag, alive. As well as all the fattest and tastiest animals. This sparing of a few lives made God sad. And he went to Samuel and said, I regret making Saul king. I just got hung up on his good looks, and I guess I wasn't thinking clearly. He didn't follow my commands and literally genocide a whole people who've already been wiped off the face of the earth at least once now, according to this book. And that makes me sad. Well, Samuel spent all night crying out to God to try to fix the situation, as we all know what happens when God feels a little emotional. When Samuel went to confront Saul, Saul greeted him cheerfully and said, The Lord bless you. I did what you said. Samuel responded, Oh yeah? What's all that bleeding and mooing I hear then? Saul was like, Oh yeah. Kept a few animals alive to set on fire to make God happy. We totally destroyed all the women and children and babies and all the other animals. And Samuel screamed, Enough! Let me tell you what the Lord has just told me. Tell me. Samuel proceeded to not tell him, but just ramble on and on about how he used to be a poor farmer or whatever, and how he was king of Israel, and how he should have followed orders. He's like, I did. I just spared a few animals to set on fire to make God happy. And Samuel sang him a song. Does God love the smell of burning flesh? As much as you following every pedantic point in the shit he says, it's better to obey than to set animals on fire, even though your heart was in the right place, and you didn't realize you were doing anything wrong. I'm calling you arrogant, and now God says you can't be king anymore. Well, Saul started freaking out. Like, oh no, I managed to piss off God by only mostly following directions and trying to do what I thought was right. I'm a fucking moron. Please help me make this right. Samuel was like, no bitch, you're on your own. God doesn't like you anymore because of this one slight misstep. And now I don't like you either. And he started to leave. But Saul grabbed his robe and tore it. Samuel said, just like you just tore my robe, God has torn the kingdom of Israel from you. And he won't change his mind either, because he's God. Definitely not just a voice in my head. And Saul asked to at least be able to worship with Samuel and the old people. And they did. After some good worshiping, whatever that entails, Samuel said, Bring me a gag. That was the king from earlier, if you forgot. Saul brought a gag up in chains, and a gag was confident that whatever happened to him, he'd escape to death. But no, Samuel just said some nonsense about his mother being childless, and then killed him right there on the spot. And then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went to Gibeah, and they never spoke again. Which actually isn't true, as you'll later learn, but whatever. Then it says that God regretted making Saul the king. Which sounds like a thing a perfect being with infinite knowledge would do. And that is it for this week. Check back next week for the story of King David. In the meantime, order yourself something from BigBadHangover.com.